This is the Industrial IoT Podcast, your B2B show for the best thought leadership in the industry, bringing you education, information, and inspiration, only on MarketScale. We have seen the emergence of what I call modern Internet of Things. It's really the connectivity piece and the data aggregation piece that is usually missing in the infrastructure right now in the market. Hey, everybody, this is Jeffrey Short for MarketScale with another IoT podcast. As it becomes easier to gather, businesses are using data to improve their day-to-day operations. These new insights are making companies more efficient, but only the ones that are acting on it. When it comes to the Internet of Things, are companies content to simply have data, or are they using it to solve timeless problems in innovative ways that they otherwise wouldn't have been able to? To learn more about how businesses can blend technology into their machines and facilities to actually get value out of it, we're speaking to Adam Livesay, co-founder of Elevate IoT. Elevate is an industrial IoT company focused on connecting the industrial world. The company specializes in connecting fleets of machines and enabling the flow of data between operators, distributors, and OEMs. Adam, thanks so much for joining us. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, of course. Well, I'm glad to sit down with you here. So you co-founded Elevate in 2015. um, And how has the perception around IoT changed since then? Do you think IoT in those last couple of years kind of become a buzzword that people need to get off and and see the real solutions there? Yes, that's a a great question. I would say that um, IoT is more looked as a feature now, right? The idea of an IoT company or an IoT platform has really has really kind of faded away. There's typically, you know, there's two major companies that own IoT on the platform, and that's Azure and AWS, right? Everybody else that's in this game is really trying to solve, you know, true business problems on top of those platforms. And there's a few other like IBM and, and and Google and what was G Predix. But for the most part, I'd say that these are more um, you know, industry 4.0 or IoT 2.0 companies that are using you know, cloud, mobile, IoT, and you know, even AI now to solve true business problems. So how can business owners and decision makers better utilize the technology to improve their workflows? Yeah, so hey, that's a great question. Um, what we really advocate is that they have, they have a strategy, right? They need to know what is it that they're trying to solve? What is that ROI case? And a lot of the things they don't necessarily think about and that, that's starting to show up more and more inside small and medium-sized enterprises is they need to put an actual IoT team put into place. If that's a business development manager, a business unit manager, um, a service tech. So when they're running their ROI cases and they're running their KPIs, they can make sure they're measuring the business results against the technology that they're deploying. Um, What we see is when we go out there and we work with companies, the ones that have invested in the human resources to carry this out are a lot more successful than the ones they're using it as a science project into some type of pilot and they may or may not implement it. So I think it's really important to get all those soft costs inside of your, your planning and your strategy and, um, and make sure that you're honest with yourself as a company if you want to get into this, um, this industry you know, uh, 4.0. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought up ROI because obviously any business investment comes down to return on investment. So do you think as data has sort of gained prevalence, I think there might be a better understanding of the value of data across industries today. Do you think that ROI has become more clearly understood by business owners? 
And is it maybe now more at the forefront of people's minds? Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, when we go have a discussion about Elevate inside a, one of our customers or our partners, that ROI discussion, it might take two or three hours to unpack it all, but you know what ROI you're going to go attack in the first 15 minutes. If you haven't figured that out, then these are going to be just, you know, in pilot spins or science projects and and it won't really move the, the industry forward. So we have customers that if they're trying to increase utilization, improve operational efficiencies, increase their aftermarket parts business, whatever that case is, we've identified it in that first meeting. And then from there on out, it's building the strategy and the plan to execute against it. Yeah. And I know we spoke about this earlier in the podcast a little bit as well, just when you were starting Elevate back in 2015 and kind of where IoT was there versus where it is today, uh, not only from just how the technology has changed, but people's understanding of what it can accomplish. So we hear about a lot of these budding industries and how they're always just on the precipice of changing things like smart cities and, and all of the autonomous vehicles, things like that. But what is taking place, I guess, between those kind of predictions and the rollout? And what sort of leads to that lag time? Yeah. So, I mean, it's all over the map, right? So it depends on the industry and the vertical application you go get into. But what I will tell you is I think because the major players in cloud and IoT, if you look at Azure and AWS, you know, look at them four years ago, they would basically give you a set of Lego blocks and they'd say, hey, go build this. What your customers really want is that they want that like Millennium Falcon, right? They want right. That, that toy out of the box and mm -hmm. then they want to kind of massage it to fit their needs. And so I think because that's happened in the last four or five years, the deployment, you know, we went from 18 months of a successful into production deployment down to less than six months now. And the main reason isn't because so much Elevate, it's because of the whole ecosystem behind it, right? So if you look at the, the, the cost of telco going down, the cost of sensors going down, bandwidth increasing, amazing amount of tools and stuff. I mean, I've actually seen IoT platforms out there right now that they're home built. They're built on like, um, you know, the, the server racks of AWS or Azure or something. They don't use any of the tools these people offer and they're using archaic languages like Lua and stuff like that. Like, I don't even know how those people play in the world of IoT moving mm -hmm. forward. Everything now is, you know, if it's the digital supply chain, if it's utilization, if it's smart fleets, whatever that case is, that's the real, that's what you're selling, right? That's the value. The rest of the technology just blends in the background. And what's great about it is when you have these major companies investing billions of dollars a year in it, it allows for this huge ecosystem of suppliers and solutions to, to really leverage that and stand on their shoulders. And everyone wins for that, right? So I think that's probably the biggest deal. I'd also say that there's a lot of buzzwords out there with mm -hmm. like AI and machine learning and everything, which is great for the VC community because they're looking at the bets for the next five or 10 years. But for the people that have a budget to spend in the next you know, calendar year, what they just really want to know is, hey, what does this implementation look like? What's my return on investment? What's the support? You know, and, and then does it match up with their, um, their strategies? Right. And do you have an example of maybe how you at Elevate have specifically nurtured this technology into a current business or an application and 
Um, is there something maybe that you've, you know, an example that essentially sums up kind of a little bit of what we've spoken about here so far? Absolutely. So, you know, we hear a lot about the smart agriculture and smart farms. You know, if you watch the Masters or any of the major sporting events, you'll see a lot of stuff with, um, you know, the big guys like IBM Watson and GE and right. really cool stuff they're doing in the aerospace industry, which is phenomenal. But if you get really small, if you get micro and you go down to, hey, if I go to the store and I buy my wonderful almonds and um, or pistachios, right? Mm-hmm. There are machines that actually have to shake those trees to get those almonds or those pistachios on the ground. And then they vacuum them up and they take them to the farm. So we've worked with a number of these customers where we've actually put Elevate on their tree shakers. And this is a really violent application, right? They go down these, these rows of trees, they shake them, there's dirt going everywhere. Sometimes the machines get damaged, whatever the case is. And if I'm an operator, one operator might go down one row in 40 minutes, and another operator might go down another row in an hour and a half. There's no real consistency here. So we've deployed Elevate with a customer, Eastern Washington, California, a number of these OEMs. And for the first time ever, the farms, like Wonderful or like OLAM, are getting operational data from these connected machines that are showing what's my shake profile of the tree. You know, what was the consistency of the speed going down each row? What was the yield vacuumed up? So now, in the first time history of their company, they're able to look at, you know, what was the damage? What was the cost to operate it? Is there a more efficient way to, to, to do the shake profile? How dangerous are those machines? What safety criteria we could put in there? And so, you know, you take like the big picture of the smart agriculture and the smart farm, and you just get down to really micro and say, hey, with five or six sensors, some engine data and GPS data, we've now created the digital, you know, almond yard, right? Or the digital mm-hmm. farm. And that provides major value right off the bat for these, these customers. Yeah, that's really fascinating because I don't think a ton of people who are shopping at Trader Joe's or Whole Foods are thinking about the uh, the shake profile behind right. the pistachios. But, yeah. but, uh, but it's really important because, I mean, it's all ultimately, it comes down to lowering prices and, and obviously making things safer, more efficient too. So it's really important for customers and it's an exciting time, obviously. So what sort of is the next step in the interactional evolution? We see a major opportunity in collaboration um, in our all of our personal lives, we collaborate through social media. We're doing it with you know, stuff like Slack and Microsoft Teams and the offices. We see the same thing happening with industrial machines out there in the field for there to be uh, information shared throughout the whole ecosystem, right? So that the operators, the machines themselves, the dealers, the OEMs and suppliers are all getting pieces of information to, to help the end user be the most efficient um, and productive as possible. Yeah, it's amazing. And I know you brought up that you have partners all over the world. Is there a part of the world that is maybe ahead of the game in IoT that you know the U.S. can look to as an example, or even just a part of the United States that might be ahead of the game? Absolutely. So I think um, so. I think Europe's done a, a really good job, right? They seem to to really kind of uh, lead the change, at least in our industry, in terms of technology and, and implementing technology on machines. I think um, Japan's done a phenomenal job at at really adapting um, IoT. I think the Pacific Northwest is super unique. Um, we're obviously out of there, but if you look at it, like, you know, you have the two major cloud providers with AWS and Azure. You have the Boeing, Boeing supply chain, Packard, their supply chain, you know, Terex's Genie brands up there. So we have an amazing kind of ecosystem of industrial manufacturing and technology that's happening in the Pacific Northwest. And we see it being 
um, adapted and consumed a lot faster than maybe other areas um, of the country. So it's, it's a great place for, I think, companies that want to get into IoT to come up here and tour a lot of the the different supply chains and facilities and organizations up here. Yeah. Is there something that might surprise people just to learn about IoT in general? I would say that the cost of deploying has gone down tremendous. Mm-hmm. When we first got in the in, in this game five years ago, it was, you know, relatively um, expensive to get on these onto these machines. Um, just from the hardware and the sensors and the telco and the cloud. It's relatively really cheap. Also the deployment. You know, it used to be months or weeks to do a custom software solution and get deployed out there. Now customers are buying pilots. We're never meeting them. We're shipping them the gear and they're deploying it on their system in an hour. So I think, you know, we're really getting to that point now where it can be, you know, built, manufactured, delivered, and consumed with very, very little barriers to entry. Yeah, actually, honestly, you almost took the next question out of my mouth with barriers to entry. So what, I guess are the barriers for entry if it's getting cheaper and obviously we we've spoken about all the benefits it can bring is there just maybe a lack of education or a hesitancy to change people's year over year operations what what do you find when you go talk to clients what what are they hesitant about yeah absolutely so it's definitely um the design cycles for machines because now it's new build materials new service manuals new training it's also even though it's easy to consume it does change how you're going to support it how you're customer support tier one, tier two, tier three happens. And um, I think those are the biggest pieces. Um, I do also think that a lot of companies are looking at the data ownership piece and they're trying to figure out what's their best go to market. If you're farther up the supply chain like us, that's pretty easy, um, you know, answer. If you get really into um, the direct application, if you're the machine builder or the machine user, I think that those conversations are, are still being figured out. Industry 4.0 or industrial IoT, honestly, is probably um, the biggest opportunity that we've probably seen in the industrial space ever in our lifetimes. And there are major, major countries out there that have initiatives, right? If you have Society 5.0, you have China uh, 2025, and you have these major, major national initiatives. I think for U.S. and U.S. manufacturing, it's not a matter if this is going to happen, this is absolutely happening. It's a matter of how fast and do you want to get on board. And this is going to change how we manufacture machines, how we deliver machines, how we ultimately consume machines. And so if you don't, or if you're not on board with an industrial IoT strategy, if that's either consuming it or reselling out there in the market, then you're behind. And so no matter what, you got to start to put the resources and the budget, just like we did when we first started using CRMs or if we first started using email in 1997, mm-hmm. yeah, right? Yeah. Like it's coming. It's left, <laughs> it's left the building right. and um, you're going to get run over if, if you don't get on board. Awesome. All right. Well, Adam, thanks so much. That was really fun. And I'm sure we will be speaking again soon. Hey, thank you. Have a great day. Of course. 